My entitled father is upset with me because I won't buy him a house, and I don't know what to do about this. My dad trashed his credit when he was younger. On top of that, he had his first kid, which is me, when he was 18 years old, and after five years of being together, decided to leave after they had their fourth kid together. I'm not sure how long that time was, but because of this, he had to pay child support until we were put in foster care, and eventually he got custody of us. Well, he never ended up paying that child support, which further ruined his credit. It's been 20 years and he's not paid a dime. He obtained his money through illegal means as well as my brother's SSI check. He also hasn't done a thing to even attempt to improve his credit. Well, because of this, he can't and he refuses to have anything in his name, expecting me and my siblings to do it for him. His business is in my brother's name after running it illegally for nearly 10 years. Now he wants to buy the house he lives in. It was supposed to be sold to him through land contract, but of course he made this deal by word versus actually obtaining a contract. The landlord, I guess, is trying to sell the house and because my brother wasn't approved, he's depending on me to do it. I have the best credit and I make the most money on paper compared to my other siblings, but I refuse to do this. I'm happy to help point him in the right direction to approve his own credit and to do everything through the right channels, but I refuse to do this for him. I'd be buying him his first home before buying my own and that just doesn't sit right with me. And now because of this, he's blowing up my phone telling me how he raised me and how I owed him for that. Telling me about all the sacrifices and the bad choices he had to make in order to raise us and how I never helped him and that apparently I'm just cold and heartless. It's like no matter how much I give, it never seems to be enough. The worst part is that he fails to realize that I could never depend on him for help if I truly needed it and that is simply a shame. I feel really bad for the original poster in this situation because their dad is basically guilt tripping them into buying them a house but if I was in their shoes, there's no way I would buy this guy this house. He's already destroyed his credit Who's to say that he wouldn't try and ruin yours as well? He clearly does not care about anyone but himself, just based on what we've been told in this story. Just because somebody raised you from a child to adulthood does not mean that you're obligated to them in any way, shape, or form. I think there would be an honest expectation that, yes, you are going to love them and support them and care for them, but if this is how they're going to act and this is how they're going to treat you, then I personally wouldn't step up and buy them a house either. Especially if you yourself don't have a house of your own. The only person that's responsible for this man having bad credit is him. He's the one that flushed that down the drain, not you. And there's no stopping him from basically doing that to your credit too. So yeah, I think you're doing it right in my opinion, and I wouldn't feel too bad. Because chances are, if it's not you that's going to help him out, he will just look for some other unfortunate soul and guilt trip them into buying him a house. So maybe thank your lucky stars that you're dodging a really sticky situation. My entitled neighbor thinks that they can just help themselves to my garden. Well, I should have known that no good deed goes unpunished. We have a small vegetable and herb garden in the corner of our yard. Two neighbors have the ability and my permission to reach over the fence and snip off any herbs that they need. We always grow much more than we can use. One neighbor has been doing it for years with no problems. He takes a spring or two a few times a week and always asks if he needs more than usual. He repays me in beautiful roses, but I would have no problem with not getting them in return. He is genuinely just very considerate. The other neighbor, on the other hand, has never cooked, so he never took any. But now he has a new girlfriend and she happened to introduce herself while I was planting my plants. So I offered her some once it has the chance to grow a little bit. That last part is important. So of course, two weeks after I planted, she snips off 
all but a few leaves of every herb. Two weeks after I planted them, I was livid. My boyfriend went over and explained that it was too soon, that the plants were tiny, and that they were not ready. I sent him over because honestly, he is much nicer than I am. The neighbor apologized profusely and said the girlfriend wouldn't be going anywhere near the herbs until I specifically allow it. A week later, I catch her once again out there with a pair of scissors. But this time, it's only been a week and there's nothing to take off this plant anymore. Apparently, she can't make meatballs without having parsley and the grocery store, you know, the one within walking distance, is just too far to go to. One of my plants has three leaves on it. Seriously, only three. The other neighbor doesn't dare take anything before mid-July and he certainly would never touch anything before I did. We locked eyes and looked at each other for a few seconds until I just outright said, please, from here on out, get your herbs from the store. And I can't believe I managed to think of that. Usually, I think of a great comeback 10 minutes after the fact. She turned bright red and went into the house. Hopefully, this embarrassed her enough to stay away and get her own stuff from the store. I don't want to have problems with this neighbor. He's quiet and he's nice and he doesn't bother anyone. Tomorrow, it will be a week since I caught her again. So we'll see what happens next. It honestly sounds like you need to set up a camera system of some kind. Maybe even hide it in some of the potted plants so that she won't notice it. If she's taking stuff off your garden before it's ready to be harvested, then she's basically wasting your plants and she's ruining your garden. Yeah, you embarrassed her and obviously it sounds like that might be enough for her to not come back, but it would almost be better to have more video proof just in case she tries to do this when you're not at home or something like that. The other solution is to say, hey, let's move our garden. Put it on the other side of the fence. That way this lady can't get to it. It's an unfortunate thing, but if this continues going on, you might need to look at your options. My boyfriend in a fit of rage ripped up my passport while we were overseas on holiday and now I can't get home. For context, I've been with my boyfriend for five years. A while back, we decided to go on holiday to Spain for a week. We've been in Spain for about three days now and so far it's been alright. Normally my boyfriend is really sweet, but he can get angry when things don't go his way. Tonight, we decided to go out for dinner. We both have a key to our room, but I lost mine somehow when we went out. It is a key card. However, just for context, we could still just get into our room and I can get a replacement tomorrow morning if need be. But my boyfriend freaked out and thought that any person could just get into our room or our flat while we were staying there, whether we locked the door or not. I was crying and didn't understand why he was being like this. He got incredibly angry and started throwing things around the room. And that's when he found my passport. When he found it, he started to rip the pages out of it. He said that if I can't be responsible for other belongings, then I don't deserve my own. He then said that he doesn't want to come home with me and he went out. I don't understand why he's being like this. How can I apologize to him and show him I'm responsible? I love him so much and he's a sweet guy. Also, how can I get home safely? I'm in another country. What do I do? That is literally my worst nightmare. Losing your passport abroad is a terrifying idea. And the fact that this guy intentionally started ripping up your passport is really scary. This guy is not a good boyfriend. You absolutely first and foremost need to get away from him. Go down to the front desk and explain, hey, I'm in an abusive relationship and this guy is freaked out and I gotta get away from him. They might be able to get you a different room so that you don't have to stay there. So yeah, pack your things and get away from that. That guy is unhinged and definitely not worth the time. And you also need to call the American Embassy like right now. They can probably get you some kind of paperwork to prove that, hey, you are a United States citizen and then provide you some kind of temporary paperwork so that you can at least get home. That is so scary when you're traveling abroad because if you don't have that passport, you literally can't do anything. You will be stuck in Spain. And I think it's safe to assume, just like anybody who's just a tourist, that you probably don't know the local 
language. Overall, this is a really scary situation to be in, and I genuinely hope you get things worked out and you're able to go home. My entitled dad faked being sick so he wouldn't have to go to my final drama camp. This happened a couple of years ago. Me and my friends, who I'll call Amy and Leo, that's not their real names, were attending a finale summer camp together. I was 16 at the time. I was going into my junior year of high school, and they were graduating. The camp we were going to was being held by a large college, and this college had held these types of summer camps for high schoolers, as well as graduates, throughout the years. So this would be the last camp that Amy and Leo would go to before they went off to college. The last two previous years, we had all gone to the art camp. We were going to join the writing camp, since we all love to write stories and wanted to get better, but they ran out of places, so instead, we joined the drama class. We were going for a week, and at the end of that week, there was a grand finale, and this grand finale had a fantastic showcase night. The camp of roughly 46 or so was divided into four groups, and each group had about four different shows in them that they would each perform. They were all snippets of different popular books, shows, movies, you name it. I was in the finale show, The Wizard of Oz. I was playing the Scarecrow, who is pretty important for the story. I was supposed to be right in front of the entire auditorium, and I would make the audience laugh with some of the jokes I had in the script. My mom had promised me that she would be there, and so all that week, I was practicing my lines, getting better at my act, and was even able to memorize my friend's lines because of how often we were all helping one another with them. Well, showcase night came around. There was a TV in our backstage room that showed all the parents in the auditorium. I could see all of my friend's parents, but no matter how hard I looked, I couldn't see my parents. When it was finally time for the finale show, me and my group went out, and it was amazing. It was our best performance we had ever done, and I got the audience to laugh quite a bit with my jokes and acting. When we were all done, we all lined up side by side and gave our bows. And finally, the lights came on, and just like I thought, my parents hadn't come. When it finally hit me, I almost cried on stage. Leo's mom came up and apologized, saying my dad was sick and that my mom had to stay to take care of him. When we got to our dorms where me and my friends stayed at, my mom messaged Amy, saying she was very sorry and that she wished that she could have made it. I started crying and sobbing to the point where one of the camp leaders came in to check on me. The next day, Leo's mom met my mom halfway at their meetup spots, and my mom explained it all. She and my sister were getting ready to go to the show when all of a sudden my dad started acting sick. He said his stomach hurt and that he was running a fever, which of course he wasn't. And when my mom tried to leave, he whined and complained, saying he wanted her to stay. She told him off, saying that she wanted to go to my show, but he kept it up until she finally had had enough and didn't go to the show. When it was around time for the showcase to start, he miraculously got better and looked at my mom and told her that he wanted to go look at truck parts in the next state over because of course he did. My mom was pissed, but she ended up taking him and kept telling him off about how childish he was, but he just brushed it all off. My sister even verified all this information and this made me even more upset at my dad. When we got home, he didn't even ask about how camp was or how the show went. Not even an apology for not showing up. I finally left my house about three months ago and I moved in with my boyfriend and I have gone no contact with my dad. My mom says that he's been upset about this, but I don't care. He dug his own grave and he's going to have to stay there. This is a really terrible thing to do to your kid. I can understand that you don't want to go to some silly recital or some kind of showcase that your kid's a part of. He probably obviously would rather go look at truck parts than go to this drama camp. I get it. But sometimes you gotta suck it up and show support for your kids. The way this dad is acting and the way he went about doing this is somehow worse in my opinion than if he just straight up lied and said he has some kind of excuse as to why he can't go. Like if he said, oh I've got a work engagement and then just went across state borders to go look at truck parts, 
then maybe he could have gotten away with it. But the fact that he lied about being sick and then got better, obviously, just to go do that, and then with the expectation that his wife is going to be there for him and then go with him, is just flat out disgusting. That is really toxic behavior. I feel really bad for this original poster because I'm sure this was such a special night for them, especially because they're sending their two best friends off who are graduating and going to college. They will not be with them for this next summer camp. It's truly sad overall, and I kind of don't blame them for going no contact with their dad. It sounds like this is kind of a perpetual thing that he's done a lot, so it kind of makes sense in the context of the story why they just suddenly said, okay, I'm done. But hopefully things work out and time will eventually heal this wound, and that maybe in the future they can go back and try and talk to each other once again. Although in my opinion, that's probably not going to happen for a very long time. My stepsister is upset that I won't share my inheritance with her. My stepsister joined our family when she was 12 and I was 14. My grandparents and I were always close, since my father would take me over there to their place every week. Soon my sister began to spend weekends with them. Unfortunately, my grandmother passed away soon after. My grandfather also recently passed away. My grandmother was especially fond of me. In her will, she gave me a lot of handwritten letters about the times she took care of me and every small detail about me. Both of them had also willed their house to me. This was because when I was young, I'd always pester them, asking for a big house like theirs. It really brought tears to my eyes because of the sentimental value behind it. They also gave me a good chunk of cash and a trust, which I would be able to access next year. My stepsister, on the other hand, didn't get anything. She was quite disappointed because she thought she had a good relationship with my grandfather. This didn't really surprise me, though. While he treated her kindly, it was pretty clear he only did so because he had to. She's now asking me for some of the inheritance money because she feels the money could help her out. I'm not so sure if I should help her because it wasn't gifted to her. She wants to buy a house now and she's quite upset and I honestly don't know what to do about it. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I feel so bad for this step-sibling in this situation because the grandparents basically said, hey, we don't like you that much. And they didn't leave her anything, which just sucks. So I can understand where this stepsister is coming from, where they're like, hey, I want some of the money. So you could honestly play this one of two ways. You could either give her some money to try and satisfy some jealous need she has, to try and help herself out and to get some semblance of an inheritance. Or you can say, sorry, this is what grandma and grandpa left me. I'm not giving you any. And honestly, I wouldn't blame you for going either option. It really, really is unfortunate that the will did not include your stepsister, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. And that's totally not your fault, and it's completely out of your hands. That's honestly on the grandparents for not leaving their stepdaughter something. I don't know why they wouldn't. I don't know why they decided, hey, we're not leaving you anything, but honestly, it is what it is. All you could do is be sorry that she didn't get any, and then move forward with your life. This very well could be your chance to have a financially secure future. You literally have a home, and you have a big chunk of change. And I don't think there's any real reason to give that up to your stepsister just because they're jealous. It really does suck for them. Like, honestly, don't get me wrong. And I do feel bad about their situation. But there's honestly nothing you can really do about it. So honestly, the choice is yours. And I think depending on the nuanced details of your specific situation that maybe you didn't listen to the story, I think either option could be really good for you. Today, I messed up by coming out of the closet, literally. For some background, I'm gay. 
and I was very nervous to come out to my mom and my sister. While they are not my biological family, I chose them after they took me in as a teenager. They became my family about a year ago, when I was 17, and in my previous life, I still had some odd behavior because of my past. One of those quirky behaviors that I had was that I liked to stay in closets, under the bed, or any other small hiding places. When I was stressed, worried about what family would think or do, or wanted to eat food while stressing out, I would go hide. Naturally, worrying about being accepted is stressful, especially because I was worried about where I was going to go if I wasn't accepted here. What if they sent me away because of this? Anyway, the day I decided to tell them came around, and I pretty much hid in my favorite spot, a large closet, all evening while I figured out what to do. The closet itself was pretty big, and it was basically a tiny room. It had a light, some cushions, and a bookshelf in it with my clothes. At this point, my sister basically found me hiding in the closet, and she tried to start encouraging me, saying that, hey, it's okay to come out. My mom gets home eventually, and she hears that I'm refusing to come out of the closet, and tries talking to me through the door. I eventually manage to say that I have something to tell them. My mom tells me, okay, but can you come out of the closet? I respond and say, I can't. I'm worried people will hate me. I, uh, I'm I like, uh, girls? At this point, I just hear near hysterical laughter on the other side of the door. Like, so hard you cry. In between laughing fits, the mom tells me she's sorry for laughing, but this is super ironic. She says, you're in two closets right now. I finally realize she's picking up what I put down, and I see the funny side of all of this, too. I ask if she's mad. She says, absolutely not, and that everything was going to be okay. And that was such a relief to hear. That is a really adorable story and your chosen family sounds absolutely amazing and hysterical. I also find the double meaning of this situation to be really funny. It's such a hard thing for people to come out and express who they really are, especially when it comes to subject matter like this. The original poster comes from a really messed up background and with their new chosen family, it just sounds like they were really stressed out that they would somehow reject her. But thankfully, they embraced her and they had a good laugh about it too. And that, in my opinion, is such a beautiful thing to see because you would want your family to be there for you through thick and thin. And it sounds like this person's new family definitely fits the bill. Today I messed up by consuming an energy drink. I like energy drinks and I'm no stranger to them. My caffeine addiction began in high school with Mountain Dew, the gateway drink to the caffeine world. I would do all sorts of things to heighten the taste and the feel that I would get from drinking these drinks, like adding sugar to the mix just so I could feel more energized. I've added sugar to Jolt Cola and I've mixed instant coffee with caffeinated water. I'm not proud of these moments, but I have done it and this will be important later for the story. Since then, I've cut my habits to one energy drink in the morning with the occasional soda in the evening, but my caffeine tolerance is still considerable. I may finish the second half of my energy drink after a good nap to give you an idea. This morning started out like any other, with a new drink from some brand I'd never heard of and a protein cookie. Both came from a monthly subscription box I enjoy for zero sugar energy drinks. The cookie was not good, but the energy drink was tasty. Within 30 to 60 minutes of finishing, I felt nauseous. I thought maybe the cookie just wasn't sitting well. I wrote it off and had plain white rice with plenty of water for lunch. It only got worse. I started trembling and broke out in a cold sweat. I tried to dry my hands, but I just kept sweating. It was disgusting. I sat at the computer for hours, flapping my hands every five minutes like a pathetic, flightless dinosaur bird with tiny wings trying to dry my hands off. Maybe I was getting sick. The trembling was severe and the nausea was so bad that I had nothing but water for several hours. I endured over eight hours of 
queasy trembling, sweating and flapping before a tiny thought started tickling the distant reaches of my brain. Didn't I try a new drink today? I looked at the can and googled it. Redline Cognitive Candy is stronger than the original Redline and Redline Extreme. Sure, but they all say that. It's just marketing fluff. I try different brands all the time and drink a can a day, so there's no way, right? I kept reading. Redline Energy Drinks are currently the second most potent energy drinks available to consumers in the United States. So it's less potent by volume than 5-hour energy, but there's more of it in a can, so it ends up being stronger overall. Even better, the protein cookie I had alongside it was so dry that I basically slammed the entire thing in 20 minutes. It wasn't on a completely empty stomach, but that tiny protein cookie was a white picket fence versus the red line tsunami. But that's old news. At this point, the restraints are locked in, and I'm on this ride until it ends. I look it up, and apparently there's a class action lawsuit filed over red line energy drink. And according to the red line energy drink lawsuit, persons who have consumed the product have reported a range of adverse effects, including but not limited to chills, excessive sweating, vomiting, convulsions, chest pains, and rapid heartbeats. And this lawsuit was back in 2012. Didn't I just read that this new one is stronger than even the extreme version? Side effects of caffeine overdose are trembling, anxiety, rapid heartbeat. Well, for me, this is a first. The effects began to lessen very, very, very gradually. By the time I felt capable of eating, I was ravenous. It seemed only appropriate to have Taco Bell like a good little junkie. It was a bright spot in a sea of misery. I was trembling and sweating and nauseous and felt anxious for hours, if not the entire day. So I had to get something to eat. I went to bed at around 3 o'clock in the morning. In the end, it took over 24 hours to come down from this unassuming little can of energy. I'm both terrified and impressed. I'm still convinced that they probably put something illegal in this drink that somehow slipped past any kind of regulation because this energy drink was unbelievably intense. And to be honest, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to order more. If I were you, I would never order any more of that drink ever again. It clearly had horrible side effects. I've never been a big fan of energy drinks and this is just another reason why. Those things are great if you're trying to make like a long drive and you need a lot of energy to get things going. But in my opinion, that's about it. I would never personally try and drink those casually or for every meal or anything like that. Maybe once in a blue moon. The original poster here has clearly got some kind of addiction with caffeine and it seems like they met their match with this energy drink they're describing. That sounds like a really intense experience that I personally would never want to go through. Sweating, nervousness, anxiousness, nausea. This does not sound like a fun time. But overall, next time, just be careful and make sure you know what you're getting into before you drink a new energy drink. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the Cream of the Crop music. Search Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright-free music to use for your next stream.